Good. All right. So, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Hobio, the producer of the Apex. In this episode, Jan and RJ interview Eric Thompson. Eric was born and raised in Northeast Ohio. While still a college student, Eric began performing magic and comedy in local bars. Eric has shared the stage with some of the most famous acts in comedy, including Jay Leno, Drew Carey, Pat Paulson, and David Brenner. He has also opened for many musical guests such as Engelbert Humperdinck, Kenny Loggins, and The Spinners. After an experience performing magic for local kids on a cruise excursion, Eric decided it is time to travel the world and help bring joy to as many places as possible. Since that fateful cruise, he has traveled over 27 countries and performed in front of countless people. If you want to learn more about Eric and his mission, please visit his website at www.ericthompsonmagic.com. There are goers and senders. If you're unable to go to these countries and help these people, donate to Eric so he can continue his outreach. If you want to support us, there are three ways to do so. One is to donate to our cause at www.patreon.com backslash podcast. Second, visit our merch line that is proudly partnered with Envision Clothing Company at envisionclothingcompany.com. The final one is completely free. All we ask is if you learn something from this episode or know someone that needs to hear our message, share it with them. Please subscribe and hope this pushes you toward your apex. Welcome, Apex Chasers, to another episode of the Apex Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jan Almasy, and seated to my left is my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. R.J. Holiday. What's up, everybody? How's it going on tonight? I didn't mess it up this time. Uh, you, you know, you, the last two episodes, you had to really I think struggled about it. hardcore. <laughs> you had to really think about it. <laughs> Well, I know, but the last one that we, we recorded, there was like 30 seconds worth yeah. of time, and you were like, uh, just long story short, we basically just, we got to keep you in the same seat. Or you got to keep me caffeinated. <laughs> that too. That's, that's what it is, right? So today, uh, first off, hello to everybody on the live stream. This is super exciting. The first time that we're going to be live streaming from uh, the studio, uh, and we have a little tiny camera up in the back corner there that everybody's looking at us from. Uh, we have a awesome guest in the studio today. Uh, we actually, uh, one of the first times that a guest has reached out to us, which is awesome. That was a really cool thing to happen because it shows natural progression inside of career, right? Going from recording in a basement to the <laughs> spare bedroom of a college apartment yep. to this beautiful studio. This is a great studio. Is uh, phenomenal. And Thank you very much. It's been awesome it. to actually have somebody reach out. So, I will introduce our guest, bare names, and then he can introduce himself here in a second. So, our guest was born and raised in Northeast Ohio. Um, while he was a college student, he decided to start performing magic and comedy in local restaurants and bars. Uh, he decided to continue honing his talents and refined his razor-sharp wit by winning talent competitions in amateur nights. Over the last four decades, he has shared the stage and been influenced by some of the most famous names in comedy, Jay Leno... Sinbad, Pauly Shore, Richard Jenny, and all of these other people he has shared the stage with or been influenced by. Now, one of the main reasons why we are excited to have him in the studio today is not necessarily because of those performances, but because of something amazing that he decided to start using the talents that he was given 
and it all started on a cruise. So we'll get to that when we decide to actually talk about it here in a little bit. Yeah. That means that you have to listen all the way until we get to that point, yeah. guys. <laughs> so without further ado, sir, why don't you introduce yourself to our guests? Thank you, Jan. I'm uh, Eric Thompson, I'm a comedian, magician, um, born and raised in Warren, Ohio, still live in the Warren area, Newton Falls, and uh, I'm just having a ball. Yeah, welcome to Apex Communications. It's great to be here with you guys. What do you What do you think of the space? This space is ah. That's why I said when we were coming up the steps. I said this is awesome. This is very cool. I don't want to leave. Transports (laughs) you to a different different time. Yeah, Yeah. got a little Dean Martin playing in the background. Right. Yeah. Mood lighting. Well, that's good. It's perfect. Good. That's kind of what we were going for. Yeah. Perfect. We like to hear that because that's exactly what we were going for. Yeah. We like (laughs) we like you to walk in and like he said, be kind of transported back in time. Yeah, right. this is. I'm, I was gonna say we're like a, maybe a lava lamp away from being, you know, a, a tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually are on Court Avenue right now, which in yes. Canton back in the day was known as Whiskey Alley. Right? Oh, and so that's another reason why we kind of have this set up this way is you know, staying true to that old Canton was, style. Was it like speakeasies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prohibition cool. era kind of mobster stuff going on. Yeah, Canton Brewing Company right across yeah, the street yeah, has yeah. a nice speakeasy in there. But that's why we kind of went with this aesthetic because it was a- another part of Canton history. It's perfect. Yeah. So um, why don't you – you said you were born and raised in Warren. Yes. Right? So why don't we kind of go back to, you know, what is one of your earliest memories as a child? Oh, wow. Um, it, it, you know, we had a swimming pool in our backyard. That's funny. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Really? Um, I normally, so I ask that because sometimes guests are, you get that oh wow response, but yeah. then it kind of forces you, and you're like, oh, you know what? What is that first um, that first memory? Yeah, stuff at elementary school, having the swimming pool in the backyard, and having mm-hmm. all the neighbor kids mm-hmm. hang out at my house. Not because they liked me, but you know, because <laughs> you had a pool. <laughs> you had a pool. The pool. Yeah. There you you're go. Automatically um, the popular kid, right? Yeah. It was, you know, Christmases. Mm-hmm. Remember Christmas, Christmas presents and. You know, it's funny you get memories and you're not sure if they're actual memories or if they're what you got from photographs. Do I remember this from real life or from the picture? Right. Um, But yeah, stuff like just family stuff and 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 good friends that I'm very cool. We talked a little bit before we went on that, you know, I have friends from elementary school that I'm still friends with today. and, And that's an awesome thing. I'm glad that we didn't move away. Yeah, like have, so many folks have moved from Northeast Ohio, right? You know the smart ones to South Carolina <laughs> yeah. and Florida and Texas. Well, we're and, trying we're trying to change that that perception a yeah, little bit. Where we're, yeah. and that's the thing. Like we we've, we've talked extensively. Snow removal is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, we've we need more air conditioning, less furnace. Yeah. Yeah, right. There you go. Right. We've talked extensively about how that's the perception, especially around Canton, Warren. You know, well, just Northeast Ohio, I guess in general is in order to be successful, you almost have to leave. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something that we got tired of hearing. And it was just, you know, if if nobody's going to stay and start businesses and everyone just leaves, it's going to continue to go downhill. So we kind of said, you know what, you know, as tempting as it might be to go try to do this somewhere else, we're going to try to do it right here and you. prove mm-hmm. that you can do it. Here. I was in Florida. Um, I, think I got back four days ago. Mm. Uh, I did a run of shows in Sarasota, Fort Myers, Venice, mm. uh, Tampa, um, and it, it, I had uh, retired Warren, Ohio police officers come mm-hmm. to my show, guys that I knew. I had a uh, high school mm-hmm. classmate that's living down there come to my show. And and so I kind of expected to go out in the parking lot and see all these Ohio license plates out there <laughs> yeah. in Florida. Because <laughs> right. that's, it seems like there's 
several dozen people that I contacted and said, hey, I'm going to be in the area. I haven't seen you in 20, yeah. 30, 40 years. Come on. Out. Right, right. So they all yeah, ended up down south. Migrate down there. Yeah. I mean, that's the move from what I understand. Everybody kind of goes down there. I graduated relax. high school in 1980. Hmm. So that was an era when the steel mills were really, really on the decline, and right. you know, especially Youngstown. Yeah. You know, the Black Monday was – right. Was a was a huge blow to the economy that we're still still forty years later forty some years later still reeling from that yeah and, still trying to recover from and yeah and it's it's just been you know downhill and they kind of have plateaued and there's been some peaks mm-hmm. but those go back into valleys and and, and uh, yeah, some folks stayed go. and and did very well for themselves and some folks left and did very well for themselves and here we are All right what is your what did your parents do for a living. Uh, my father, uh, blue collar stuff, uh, mm. worked at General Motors or uh, Packard Electric, a division of General Motors. And uh, uh, my my stepfather was a uh, a welder, and uh, my mom was a nurse. Oh, worked oh, in a good, hospital, good profession. and then and then after <laughs> I might my, be a little bit biased. My yeah. parents my yeah. parents divorced, and when uh, when that happened, my mom went to work full time. Mm. And she left the hospital and went to work in a doctor's office. Gotcha. As she, she worked for uh, OBGYN, so they were mm. delivering babies and dealing with female problems and female anatomy. Mm. And so we would go to the mall and buy jeans for back to school or, or be shopping with my mom when I was, whatever, 14 or something. And all these women would come up, all these pregnant women would come up to my mom and, oh, hi, how you doing? How you doing? And, you know, I thought, well, gee, I don't want to be around all these yeah. pregnant women. <laughs> right. And then just when I got to the age where, hey, this is pretty cool. These chicks are coming up to my mom. My mom's introduced me to all these girls. This right, is great. Right. She left that office. That doctor retired and she went to work. <laughs> she went to work for a urologist. Oh, well. So now, <laughs> now we're being approached by these, you know, 75-year-old men that can't pee at night. So... <laughs> Or peeing so too much I didn't, at night. So, yeah, right, so I didn't right. want that. And so it was just a constant, I don't want your customer base. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But like, now, now I'm at the, you know, I'm pushing 60. So now I'm at the age where. Thankful that she I, had that I experience. I Yeah, I understand from a personal yeah. level. Yeah, like right now, the only time I don't have to pee is uh, well, when I'm peeing. <laughs> so, so that's what you guys have to look forward to. Yeah, oh, boy. Yay. Drink I'm, a lot of water. That's I'm all I can tell you. I'm super excited for that. I'm glad that that's a couple of years removed. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you're going to be okay. Just You'll a few. Be right. yeah. You'll be all right. You'll forget about me by the time it happens to you. So all there right, you go. Right. Except for this is all going to be immortalized. So I'll go back and listen and be like, you know what? He, oh, he was right. right. He, he was warned right. me. Right. Money. I'd like to yeah. watch the whole thing, but I have to pee. Yeah. 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 Luckily, a podcast, I'll just have it in my ear. At that point, it'll just be a chip in my brain. It'll be playing all the way. So when you when you were in high school, did you know that you were were you kind of like the class clown or you know did you always kind of have an affinity for humor and comedy and stuff like that or did it just kind of smack you out of nowhere and there was like a definitive moment that you knew that you were the jokester? That was that was my main question. I was like, was it comedy then magic or magic then comedy? It was. It was <laughs> now listen here, I'll tell you this: every little boy, with rare exception, every little boy when he's 10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. years old. Wants to be a magician. Oh yeah, hell yeah! I was. <laughs> I had. I remember my parents getting me the little kit and yep. whatnot. I was yep. like, yeah, I can do this. Yep. My I, dexterity not so good, but <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I drove my mother crazy doing that same trick over and over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah, out I don't of that doubt same it. little kit. Yeah, those little plastic cups <laughs> yep, and balls. Yep, or, yep, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and and I would do those at the dinner table, and dinner would get cold. <laughs> in the time that it would take me to get it done. Wait, wait, let me do it again. Wait, 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 wait. Let me start Mom, over. the magic's wait. not going to yeah. do itself. That's right. <laughs> right, right. So, so the magic was very early on, very early. I, we had a uh, 
Scholastic Book Fair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that like every couple weeks you would get a, maybe once a month you would get at school a, uh, an order form. I haven't thought about this in decades. Uh, you get an order form that had all these books on it. You could just fill out and buy books real mm-hmm. cheap, 25, 35 yeah. cents. You know, I mean, this is in the late 60s, early 70s. And, and then, then a week later, your books would come, all these paperback books. Yeah. And it was a thing, you know, and you, you earned points by reading books at the library and you would get free you free books, them. so yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you know, I get all these used books. To do that when I was a kid. Yeah. I get, I would get magic books. Anything mm. that had anything to do with magic, I would get this. So I had a, a I it didn't have an audience. I had a younger brother, and that's it. So I, I there were some neighbor kids, and I eventually put on shows in the backyard for them. Mm. But I would set up all the stuffed animals in the playroom at our house, and and do magic shows. What's for, the point for of these... doing magic if there's no audience? That's Whoever right. It so may I be. so I created an <laughs> yeah. audience. Yeah. So so we would do the. Um, we would do the, 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 I would do the shows there and do that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was all kind of fun. So th- then kind of quit doing that because then, you know, guitars and mini bikes and, you know, the the, natural all, the, all, the stuff, all the stuff that I, all the stuff that would get help you think would get you girls. Yeah, you that, there you go. You'd leave yeah, magic car, behind, not so cool, yeah. and go to the, yeah, go to cars and music. Well, I feel like in, in, in that time, time era too, magic was huge. Like where, like, you're so, they're selling out arenas. I mean, well, not so much in the early seventies. I mean, you know, you had Doug Henning came on the scene, uh, Blackstone. It was still, it was still stuffy. It was still old guys in tuxedos gotcha. pulling rabbits and out of hats gotcha. and making birds. Then, then it became maybe not until the Penn and Teller mm-hmm. late eighties, nineties kind of started making magic a little more cool than, gotcha. than, yeah. But when I was into it, it was, you know, stuff that that was on TV. At, uh, mm-hmm. You know, Mike Douglas, Dinah Shore, Dick Cavett, mm-hmm. those kind of shows, and Johnny Carson, of course. Gotcha. We're, we're doing talk shows back then, so you would see that kind of stuff on those shows. Mm, but right. sitcoms, it was the golden age for sitcoms. I mean, Lucy's show was still on, and, yep. and Chico and the Man, and Sanford and Son, and the Jeffersons, and, and uh, you know, the All in the Family with Archie yeah. Bunk. So I, I kind of cut my teeth on those on those sitcoms, those half-hour sitcoms, and that's where the magic kind of got left behind. And then I realized I was pretty funny. I was, I had a sharp wit, mm-hmm. smart ass. You know, right, it, right. there's a fine yeah, line. The there's term, a fine right, line, yeah. right? Um, I, pre- I prefer considering myself a witty and not so witty. much a smart ass. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, witty. Depends I on a, who you talk my to. My friends may beg to differ. Yeah, I had a guidance counselor in 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 freshman in high school, that freshman sophomore year. I remember her telling me. Mr. Thompson, do you think you're going to be able to make money someday telling these jokes? You need to buckle down and buckle down. I always like that. Buckle down and do your work. Yeah. And I wasn't a great student. I wasn't stupid. I was lazy, mm. which is, I guess, a, a, a derivative of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was wasn't great grades. But I, high school was one of, the, one of the best times of my life. One of the right. best eras. I look back with so much fondness. See, I was kind of called lazy when it came to school too but the issue is is i never thought i was lazy because if i was truly interested in something i would grind myself to the bone learning about it it would consume me i'd dream about it all that kind of stuff me but too. if it doesn't interest me i could give a rat's ass me too <laughs> but the problem is i wasn't interested in anything exactly school oh yeah right. i was interested exactly. in all the stuff outside of school exactly right. and that that's where in lied my deep hatred for Higher education. For formal education. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I was like, no. But but still to this day, T 
teachers. I'm I'm still friends with teachers mm-hmm. that I had in junior high and oh, high yeah. school, and and unfortunately, as I you know, as I get older, they also get older, and they're starting to lose some of those teachers. But right. yeah. it's I'm it, still I'm still friends with the librarian that like ran some of. I just ran into her at Rite Aid the other day, and I thanked her for because I was homeschooled. Right, mm. so like that's the only thing we had was a library, and then I went back to being chained up in my basement. Wait, but, the, so that you, you you were homeschooled? I was, yes. You were yeah. actually chained up in the basement. That's yeah, really yeah, yep. I had a nice little spot on the radiator. See, they yeah. never let me see Keep the light. Warm, the right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But so I would. That's but you used the do. school library. Well, the, just or the, just local, the library the and the public one, library. The public okay, library. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So we would go there, and she would. I mean, we had like these read readathons and like all that other kind of stuff, and I would go there and max out the number of books I could yeah. max out every yeah. three days. So I'd get like 10 books, come back three days later, get 10 more. Yep. It's probably why I ended up as such a nerd. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it. That was my escape was being able to teleport myself into these other realms. Sure. And what I, 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 what I find ironic about talking about this, you know, formal education in the system and all this other kind of stuff is that this entire construct, you know, the, the seat that you're in right now, the you know us having the show, doing the branding consulting and the podcast consulting and all that other kind of stuff, you have a sports management major, mm-hmm. a nursing major mm-hmm. with a minor in clinical psych, and then a chem major with a or a biology major with a minor in chemistry. Okay. In business communications and marketing, <laughs> right? So I always tell people, just because you have a major or a specific thing doesn't mean that you need to fit inside of that box. So you're route- just preparing yourself. With an education, so that you can think, make the route. If you the can journey. critically yeah. think, you can make your own route. Yeah, but you have to be able to kind of put that circle together. So we were just in a middle school today doing some outreach, and I was telling some of those kids, you know, it might not make sense some of the things that you're learning. It might not be stuff that you're passionate about, but if you can at least learn how to how to learn, and I that's what I said. If you can learn how to learn effectively, yep. The world is your oyster. You're absolutely right. And and I know at, at in, in law school, they don't teach you the law. Mm-hmm. They teach you how to research the law. Yeah. Yep. How, to, how to look up the law. So so yeah, yeah you, you have to there. You, you have to learn how to learn. You're right. Right. And and, and that, that's a fir- I'm a firm believer why I still do like nursing tutoring every now and then. I tell the the student nurses that the biggest mistake that you're making is you're memorizing. Yeah. You're memorizing anatomy, you're memorizing drugs, you're memorizing these things. I was like, instead of doing that. I was like, try to put it all together. I was like, so you're you're studying for anatomy and you're looking at a body system, right? Mm-hmm. In the back of your head, think about the medications that you need to study for in pharmacology that would affect that body system. Start putting the puzzle pieces together because the more puzzle pieces you have, the bigger picture you can see, the more likely your brain is to remember that specific thing. If you can think of a heart and then you're like, oh, that leads to beta blockers, that right. leads to this, that leads to this – and you learn how to learn rather than just focusing on I need to memorize this. And if one word's off, my brain isn't going to be able to recall right. it because I memorized it in order. It's like those telemarketers that if you stop them in the middle of the script, they have to right. start like, over. They're like, hold on, go take it back. Yeah, and they don't remember. But I think that that's phenomenal that that kind of thought process is so cohesive between the three of us that the formal education has its place. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Sticking inside of that box, I think all three of us have taken relatively unconventional pathways when it comes to that. It yep. makes you good at Jeopardy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah I have incredible recall on the most <laughs> useless stuff of all time. <laughs> it's incredible. We'll we'll go the we'll, most useless. Yeah, we'll we'll play. We'll we'll uh, m- me and my group of friends. We have game nights like twice twice a cool. month, and we'll play. You know anything from like 
quiz games to whatever, and I will just pull stuff out out my ass that even I'm like, I have no clue how, how I even know that. That's funny. But, like, I, even today, I, I guess I kind of realized that I have a complex about being in the home alone by myself. So I'll listen to YouTube videos. And I listen to a YouTube... Wait, wait, wait. Let me... I, I know it's your show, and you're supposed to be asking me the questions. But what's the complex of being alone in the house? Like, are you? Are you? It, it makes me feel weird. Are you lonely? Or are you afraid? No, it's like he it's hears like, the voices, <laughs> and then like, when he starts playing the YouTube no, videos, like, they, they go say, away. They say, "Squeeze the dog." I'm a very, I'm a very big people person, and like, if I'm not playing music. In, in the home, I'll play like a YouTube video. So it's like someone's there kind of like talking to me. It kind of makes me – and I noticed I was like I never like walk around the home, my house without – or like go in the kitchen and eat food or something like that if I don't have like something playing. So I'll play videos of the this uh, YouTube channel I watch is called Answers with Joe. And basically he's a very sciencey mathematician – type type of guy and he'll cover all these topics i've learned more about quantum mechanics and quantum computing oh, good, and light because i have a lot the, of quantum mechanics <laughs> questions, questions for you yeah <laughs> and i'm like I'm, I'm i'm sitting there i'm on the phone with my dad the one day and i'm talking to him i was like you know about schrodinger's cat and he's like what have you been watching maybe it's dead maybe it's not yeah i was like actually it's both until you open that's the box right. he's that's like right. that makes no sense i go but it does it's but there's an argument there is an argument to be made that it's not Either until you open the box. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is going to open up an entire. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, that's where. So I'm like, well, no, no wonder. I'm just through osmosis. I'm just absorbing all this information in so, the background. I'm going to I'm going to recommend a book here that's completely off topic. But well, I mean, it's on topic with quantum mechanics. There's this theory <laughs> called biocentrism. Right? I, he and, talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I I read it as a sophomore in high school, and I. My history teacher, sophomore year, gave us an assignment, and we were supposed to write a 10-page paper, and it was to prepare us for college papers. Right? Okay. And he was like, you can write on anything you want to write about. And I was just telling my mom about this memory the other day, and she was like, "You know, so what did you write about? And I was like, well, other kids write about basketball and football. Yeah. I wrote a 10-page paper on quarks, quasars, and <laughs> subatomic, <laughs> subatomic particles. And I, ne- I will never forget Mr. Clark coming up and setting that paper down on my desk with an A-plus on top, and he said, I have no idea yeah. what that says. <laughs> But I Googled it, and it's correct, so here's your A. That's that's incredible. You had, your teachers used Google. Yeah. We didn't have Google. Yeah. So they couldn't look up. If I copied it out of the World Book Encyclopedia, they, yeah, they, no, uh, no. they would when have to go look school, it up would, in the World would, Book they Encyclopedia. Would, they would scan that's it right, into I the computer, that. and then they would calculate what percentage of it you stole. Yeah, from <laughs> it was lifted from some site. Right. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, I, you plagiarized 80% found out, of this paper. I graduated from Jackson High School. Okay. In North Canton, okay, they don't even get books anymore. They give yeah. you a, they give yeah, you like a Chromebook and, yeah. your freshman year, and then all your classes, all your books, all your assignments are preloaded on there at the beginning of the year, whatever it is. I'm like, I just read an article about that today, and it's the expense of buying the hardware, the the Chromebook mm-hmm. or the or the iPad, and then every three, four, five years they have to buy a new program for it, mm-hmm. right, to update all the software, and then the 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 hardware is doesn't have enough memory. Yep. Because things change so rapidly. Yeah. Yep. So it's actually cheaper for the school system to buy new books every five to seven years do that. than it is to wow. put it all on computer. And I thought that was fascinating because you would think the yeah, first first year huge expense for electronic, and digital, then that, yeah. and then after that it's almost free and it's not think, the case. Though, how many kids don't have scoliosis now? 
<laughs> from just the mass. <laughs> yes. Nobody oh, wore bow straps when I went to high school. It was on one side, and everybody had crooked backs. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my Lord. So That's funny. when was – what got you into, like, your first show? You know, your first amateur night as far as comedy and stuff like that. So we're kind of through the high school phase. You realize yeah. that you have this smart ass sense of – this witty sense of humor. Yeah, witty. <laughs> let, me, let me back up – this much Shoot. and and go. I think it was my junior year of high school, junior or senior year. I had a psychology teacher who 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 would allow allow me to stand up in front of the class for five minutes at the beginning of the period, tell a few jokes, funny stories, whatever, do a monologue. Yeah, and then I would sit down because what he learned rather quickly was if he didn't give me that time at the beginning of class. To get it out of class. my system, it would happen during class, and it would happen through the whole class. Ah, so, smart man. Yeah, he was a very hmm. smart guy. So he um, – He, he provided gave, you an outlet. He did. He did. And what I realized was I could feed on that laughter. Hmm. That, that was like acceptance to me. Hmm. Right. Um, right. And, and I, I, so I learned that. I still didn't realize that that's, that was stand-up comedy. What hmm. I was doing was mimicking what I saw Johnny Carson do gotcha. during his Tonight Show monologues. Right, right. I didn't realize that was a thing so you did your that, first, that, that could be a career. Your first performance before you knew you were performing. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, your Beautiful. first couple right. of comedy shows were And what, I've, what I've since learned is that uh, he owes me money because I can pay for that. <laughs> He's paying for my school. Uh, that's <laughs> right. So then, then after, after high school, there was a uh, – do you remember the Ground Round restaurants? You could you could go. They were they were a chain in Northeast Ohio, regional chain, mm. and you, you, you could uh, you go in and you they get basket of peanuts and you could you could throw oh, the peanut yeah, shells yeah, on yeah, the yeah. floor yeah, and yeah, they would yeah. show old movies, old silent films, yeah, Laurel and Hardy okay. stuff, that's, and that's Three Stooges, bell, yeah. and 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 I they had a, a clown, Bingo the Clown. I got hired to be Bingo the Clown and do magic there because the guy that taught me magic or that helped teach me magic was was the was the original bingo the clown mm. and so he said hey and he would feed this restaurant magician young magicians and that was that you worked hard there and they would go table to table between the time that people ordered their food and the time that the food came i would sit at their table and do three four five magic tricks entertain their kids hang move, out move on. and nice. uh, share some laughs and that, that's i got that going um i was actually a student at kent state um uh oh. Akron grad, right? Yeah, I mean, Atlanta Moss. I never, I never took that. Uh, are we school gonna, rivalry? Are, are we going to have to throw down? I mean, because I don't care. Yeah. So. <laughs> if we're going to, I'm going to shut off the live stream, and then we'll sell tickets. Oh, it's a pay per view. Yeah. 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 Yes. yes, yes. It's not very long, but it's worth 19.95 to watch me get smithered all over the. <laughs> no. But yeah, I was, I was a student at Kent, and and. Uh, I met this guy who was a magician and he was, he was a very accomplished magician. And I, because of my comedy background and, and his magic background, he wanted to be funnier. And oh. I liked the, the idea of doing magic. And right. so we kind of got together and did some, did some shows together. And I, you know, I, I kind of added the, the humor, some humor. I mean, he was funny on his own, but added some humor and a different genre, a different style of humor than uh, than he tradition than magicians traditionally had, hmm. um, and 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 that just kind of worked, and and I eventually just kind of we broke up not broke up but but you know kind of just <laughs> broke apart and, right, and right. went our separate ways, and 
and uh, but I you were able to learn off and, each oh, other yeah, from yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's it's actually beneficial. I taught him a little bit of structure. He taught me how to be not structured, and it all works out. Yeah. See? It's perfect. I can't take anything too seriously. I don't plan on breaking up with him anytime soon, but. Yeah, but you don't know. Yeah. We're kind of stuck. Maybe a better opportunity comes along. Relationship for a little while, at least. Yeah. But it wasn't a breakup. I shouldn't have used that word. It wasn't like ugly and messy. It was just mm. you know natural. It, it was time. Was a, you just it, well, you know, think about think about comedy duos. Mm-hmm. Uh, not many come. There aren't any. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. I think about magic mind. duos. Actually, there's one. There's Penn and Teller. That's it. Right. Other, unless it's the magician and his beautiful assistant, uh, you know. So he didn't it's want to be beautiful. It's a sexist thing. It's always a woman who's getting sawn in half, and this woman, this woman is always in peril right. in a magic show. This this woman right. could die at any moment. I've actually, I think, now that you said something, I've only seen one comedy duo. They're twin brothers, Sklar, and they the Sklar brothers. Um. I'm I don't I'm not sure what their last name was. Okay. But I remember seeing them on like a Comedy Central clip. Yeah, that's on, that's the squad. Yeah, yeah. They were funny. They're very they're funny. both monotone. Yep. They both sound yep. exactly the same. They cut in and out each other's conversations. It was pretty good, yeah. but that's they, far and few between. They had a show on NPR. Yeah, I think they I think and they talked about it. I can't remember. I, I say I don't know. I can't think of a whole lot of monotone twins that become Com- like yeah. comics, yeah. So I feel like that's, that's a pretty narrow window. Yeah. <laughs> they hit a very yeah. small niche. But, but other, th- but beyond that, yeah. there, there no, hasn't been a, a you know Martin and Lewis, uh, El- uh, 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 Abbott and Costello. You know, you have to go back 50, 60, 70 yeah. years to find comedy duos, right. and that that puts you into vaudeville. Right. Yeah, that's that's and, a whole you know, different George type Burns of and Gracie Allen, right. and and all those guys that work vaudeville. So so there, it's gone. Yeah. It's just there's no opportunity. Plus. If I go on stage and they pay me X number of dollars for the weekend to You're perform splitting. at a comedy club, now nah, they're not going to pay me double yeah. right? <laughs> if I have a just because I have a partner. So if I travel alone, it's a lot cheaper. No, right. And I make twice as much money than, than instead of splitting it with my partner. So right. yeah, so that wasn't the reason that we went our separate ways. But it, he was a better solo performer. He he had his genre and. And his following, and, mm-hmm. and he's very extremely successful. I've gone on and, and enjoyed some success too, and nice. and it works out well. Right. So, so you guys kind of drifted apart. You learned how to do a little bit more of the magic side. He learned a little bit more of the comedy side, mm-hmm. right? And so, what was the what was the next step for you after that? Perform, after just that? perform, and it's putting in. You know, as guys talk about it all the time. You're ten thousand hours. Yep. And you know, we didn't we didn't have it identified as that back then, but. It, you know, the longer you perform, the longer you do anything, the better you get at that right. thing. Oh, but this this interview happening right now is wildly different than like forty. I think we're at forty seven mm. episodes. Oh, ago. oh, I'm like, sure. The first episode I ever recorded was like, "Hello, my name is yeah. John Holmes. <laughs> I am yeah. depressed, and this is a serious conversation." And then I added in RJ, and my entire life got flipped. I was I was a um, guest first and foremost. Oh, oh, and then right. they invited me back. How yeah. about that? Because mm-hmm. because his episode continuously outperforms every other episode that we recorded around that time. He, his episode, I think, is the third one that we released. Okay, right, and it's still in the top three that we've recorded as far as the number of people that have listened to really it. yeah so for whatever reason that's you know he earned himself a permanent spot on the squad <laughs> oh so you didn't really want him you had to <laughs> no, have him yeah the yeah, audience was just like rj rj that's how you know you've made it yeah there you go when the, when the townspeople are chanting your name perfect yeah, and they're not holding pitchforks and torches, torches yeah. that's right <laughs> so my question for you is do you go to comedy shows and perform magic alongside comedy or do you set up the magic shows and then 
people get comedy with it. Because I thought of always doing it like a, I, I've wanted to do an open mic, and I know that there's open mic. You, you want to around. perform in a night? Yeah, I love okay. to. I think I'm pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> That's part of the battle. That is a portion of the battle. You have to think, you have to believe in yourself before you can make everybody else believe. But when you said you were putting your time in and doing shows, are you doing both? Are you telling, are you showing up to comedy nights? Here's what I did. I was doing close-up magic. Mm -hmm. So hard to, hard to make any money when your audience is only three or four people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Unless everybody will pay a hundred bucks a ticket. Yeah. So I was, I would do, I, I, I don't even remember what I was making. I think I was making $25 and I worked a three or four hour window mm. at these restaurant at the restaurant, and so then then somebody at this pizza joint across town f- had dinner at the Ground Round one night mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, why don't you come and do that at our place?" And they had video games and pizza, and I thought, "Well, I like video games and pizza. Yeah. I could go there." So I went over there and was working for like fifteen dollars. I'd work for two hours or mm-hmm. three hours or something. It was crazy, just. I can't even yeah. imagine, you know, I wouldn't leave my house right now for less than, you know, for anywhere near that. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so, right. so, so that, that's not true either. I go do free shows sometimes. So, so I, it's where I pay them to let me perform. Just let me do one more. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was, I kept them separate. I was doing magic over here and I would go do stand up over here. Gotcha. And, and, and one day uh, a very famous comedian who, who I was opening for, uh, after the show, it was at a comedy club, and I was the MC. And and afterwards, we were sitting in the in the the hotel bar, and I was doing some card tricks and stuff. At, at uh, and he said, "How long have you been doing magic?" And I said, "Ah, you know, whatever, five years." And he said, "Do you do like big stage stuff too?" I said, "Not really big stage stuff, not huge Houdini illusions, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do, you know, some ropes and rings and things on stage." Right. Um, he said, "Why don't you do that when you're doing stand up?" And I said, well, because I'm a comedian. He said, so be a comedian that does magic. Mm. And I said, but, but, (laughs) but no, that, you know, so things like smack you in the side of the head and you think, why didn't I think of that myself? He said, do you know how many comedians there are? There are thousands of comedians. Do you know how many magicians? Everybody with a, with a deck of cards is a magician. Right. How many magician comedians are there? And I said, well, well, uh, I don't know, two then do that. Yeah. It, it was just like so obvious to him. Moment, and he had right. to convince me yeah. <laughs> that, that this, yeah. g- this stroke of gene. So I thought, well, this is easy. And it was a simple progression because when I did magic, it was funny. My personality was, would Comes still come through. through. Yeah. Right. So, so I started doing it and that was Jay Leno. That was wow. Jay Leno years before, uh, many years before he was a regular on the tonight show. He was a, a, a guest host, but, right. but, but then mm. became host many many years later. Wow, that's so. Crazy. Yeah, it was it was really it was really a remarkable thing. He taught me a lot. Um, don't be dirty, don't be mm. vulgar. Mm. You know, you can be risque or yeah, have a right. double entendre or something. But if you're vulgar, he said, there's plenty of work for a vulgar comedian. Mm. He said, but you can't work at the clean places. Right it now, if you're clean, you could still work at the dirty places. Yeah. Right. If you're funny. Funny is funny anywhere, but if you're vulgar funny, you can't work at the church, you can't work at the corporate things, gotcha. you probably can't do the college thing. That's yep. good advice. So yeah, and and so I I said, well, then I should do that, mm. and then you know you can triple the venues yep. that, that will have, have you have perform. You, yeah. So 
giving yourself the the maximum amount of exposure. Yeah, right. and incredible. opportunity. Way more opportunity. Did you ever find that comedians or magicians give you a hard time for mixing both? Because no. I feel like there's some people that give Jeff Dunham a hard-ass time. Yeah, yeah. Because- well, that's because he's a ventriloquist, and those guys are just weird. <laughs> Fair no, no, enough. No, no. no, I have a couple of really good friends that are friends. tell you how you really and, feel. Yeah, they're, no, they're great. Um, yes. I'm glad I didn't bring my puppet. In, in, uh, in, I, I, I did a magic show at a, at a comedy club, mm-hmm. and a hardcore, serious magician came. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I stand out front. I wish to greet everybody, shake hands, whatever. Right. And this guy came up and I said, what do you think of the show? Huge dramatic And he said. Music. Did you know him? Did yes. You know, oh, yes. Okay. I didn't know him well, but yeah, I knew you him. You knew who he was. And, and he said, uh, it's kind of disappointed. Oof. Oh. And, you know, the one guy that sits in the fourth row with his arms crossed yeah. like this and he's not laughing. There would be three, four hundred people in the audience. That's the guy I see. <laughs> That one guy. Right. Now yeah. that becomes my mission to make this yeah. guy. I got to crack him. Yeah. This guy said, I was a little disappointed. And I went, oh, Lord, why? What happened? What did I do wrong? He said, you only did like seven or eight tricks. He said, I only did an hour. How much did, what did you want? Right. He said, I thought you were a, a magician. I didn't know what to say. Right. I, so I, I, I'm not friends with him anymore. No, no, no. no I, I just, what, what do you do yeah. with that? It's not that. I'm not that kind of magician. I'm right. not a, I'm not a trick, 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 trick. Mm-hmm. It's right. trick, couple of jokes, trick with jokes. Every trick that I perform, every illusion, every slight that I that I take on, is hilarious. It's it's it, or that's the goal anyway. Right. Is is to make the story along the way to the surprise aha moment at the end of the trick it's it's funny if yeah. if i get 6 7 8 10 laughs out of a out of one trick that's my goal gotcha. i think that it's it's interesting the number of people that try to um criticize the outside of the boxers where it's like if you're you know somebody that's per trying to move forward in a field or merge things together or create their you know, own field, create your own yeah. kind of but that platform or your own plateau with a, with a pre a, predestined. A, yeah. yeah. He, he, he knew what he wanted. He wanted to see a magician. That's not your fault. Right. No, it's not my fault, but, but you but it's have hard to, not meet, to take you it. You have to meet the customer's expectation though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, if, if I say, Hey, this guy's going to be hilarious and you show up thinking this guy's going to be hilarious and everybody's laughing, but you don't, get it mm. or you don't it's just not your cup of tea it, then he then it's not worth the 20 bucks to get in yeah you're right right and you know uh. listen that guy likes dean martin that guy does not mm. that guy's going to go to the same concert this guy's going to fall in love and this guy's going to hate every moment of and it and leave fine. early People so like that yeah, yeah. That's how it is. You don't want but to listen, t- if and, you're out there selling tea and he needs to go to a coffee shop and get a cup of coffee, that's right. then go get a cup that's of right. coffee. That's right. And I just heard this today. If my grandpa, he said, my grandpa used to say, if everybody liked the same things, everybody would be chasing after your grandma. I just heard that today. Somebody told me that. Oh, my so, Lord. It's it's okay. It's okay yeah. that we're that we all are different. We all have different expectations. I said to to this guy, but the tricks that I did do, what'd you think of those? He said, Oh, they were fine. They were great. Well, then, but yeah. but but you you should have done twice as many tricks. And I said, Well, okay. 
At least the, if the tricks that Put I did were good, then box. you know, yeah. I got my yeah. thing. So, so you know, you're making it through this progression. You have, you know, you're mixing the comedy and the the, the magic and everything like and, that. And a, and, a, and a comedy club opened in my town. Ooh, that probably in 1980 something one or two, and it was Tickles Comedy Club. And this is in an era when HBO was just kicking in with the, with these things. MTV had yet to have a half-hour comedy hour. Mm. Uh, there was no Comedy Central. There was The Tonight Show. Every comedian I knew was popular in Vegas in the 60s and 70s. Out West. Was, was not, not just because it was Out West, but because it was The Tonight Show that I saw them oh, on. Gotcha. So I would hmm. see Buddy Hackett. Mm. And I would see those kind of, that era of comedians. Right. On TV, and I thought every comedian, his whole show was five minutes. Mm. I thought that's what they did. Because uh, how, how do I know any how different? Yeah, we didn't have cable. I mean, there was no cable back then. So there wasn't an outlet. There wasn't a show with just a bunch of comedians on it until right. later in the, in the 80s. When the, when the, maybe 79, 80, 81, uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm. But that was sketch comedy. That wasn't stand-up. It's not the same so, thing. Yeah, there's a whole different genre. So th- those guys were heroes. Yeah. But Steve Martin. Mm. Now, Steve Martin was had a huge influence on me. Mm. I was right at that. We crossed, you know. His popularity peaked. I was right at that age where I was in his perfect demographic. Uh. He was on Saturday Night Live all the time. I could see him. I could buy his album. Um, it was, it was awesome. And I learned a lot from him. I, I, I just was mesmerized. So those guys came together, um, that, that comedy club opened and they, they had a, uh, like a practice night for all of their new hires. Mm-hmm. Their, their first night of business was kind of a soft open, what we would today call a soft opening. Mm-hmm. And it was an amateur night hmm. and they just let whoever wanted to come. Come, just sign up. You get your five minutes. You go up on stage. The wait staff gets to practice on the people that come to see you. So right. you're dragging people in for them. Right. And they had a, a competition, and I won. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. And, cool. And it was just audience participation, voting, you know, by applause. Right. I won. The prize was $5, and you get to be the MC at the next weekend. Ooh, that's pretty cool. And it was Mark Wiener. Mark Wiener and the Wienerettes. Mark Wiener today is the voice of, of uh, uh, the backpack and Swiper the Fox on yeah. Dora oh, the Explorer. Really? Yes. Huh. So kind of cool to, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. to have my first real professional show be with a guy who today it's my grandkids swiping. think is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But anyways, he, he, he was, he had these puppets, these sock puppets, and that was his act. He would do these puppet things and it was hilarious nice. and it was crazy funny, just insanely funny. I was mesmerized. This guy would go up on stage for almost an hour and hold these people in rapt attention and make them scream with laughter. And I watched him do that. One show on Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. My gosh, I I could. This was like, you know, getting your first hit of acid for free. You know, there it is. That's that's it. it. That's what I'm gonna do. So then, now I'm in the zone. Okay, and then at that time, there were not enough comedy clubs, and there were comedians working, Mm. and there were there. Then then that that kind of crossed where there were more comedy clubs than there were Comedians. comedians, because comedy clubs had become so popular. 
So I got to see guys that were huge, huge headliners that had TV credits, Tonight Show stuff that that were coming to my little town for, you know, 2,000 bucks for the weekend or whatever they were making. And they were promoting guys from crappy MCs. If you had seven minutes of good material, that means you probably had 15 minutes of okay material. Mm. Just be the feature act, be the middle act. We need more. We need guys to do more time. Right. So I Bodies got more fill. and more opportunity the way before I should have. Hmm. And, right. and you know, I grew into it. But it's like kind of like learning on the job. stretching that little bit, yeah. you know, and being put in that position where you're forced to grow is where, you know, and the majority what of I growth learned, and learning comes from. What I learned during that time I still use today, and that was improv. That was... So, hey, what's your name? Where do you work? What do you do? Right. How long have you been married? I loved, I was in an improv troupe in college for three years. And to be able to walk out in front of an audience and just have a conversation and everything you come up with, it just slays. I think a lot of, a lot (laughs) of like my ability, you know, behind this microphone and in in the studio and stuff like that, the three years of improv that I did in college have been phenomenal as far as leading interviews and everything like that. Improv is perfect for every profession. I don't care what it is. Oh yeah. If you're in you sales, have to on your you toes. need improv. Mm-hmm. You need the improv skills. Mm-hmm. I used it, you know, in the military. I use it all the time in nursing because patients say some off the wall stuff that oh, you yeah. have to try to respond to. Yeah. And it's just like some nurses I know will just get caught off guard, yep. and I'm just able to like boom, boom. If get you it right watch back. some some TV hosts, they'll have their cards with mm-hmm. the questions on it, and they'll say so. Tell me about this thing, you know, whatever. You were in the military, and, right. and so you served in Iraq, did you? And then you start telling me a story about Iraq, and I'm reading the card, and you get to this point where I should say, well, what happened to that kid whose arm got blown off? Right. Did you rescue him, or what happened? And it, But instead I go, and you went to college also, I see. Well, yeah. You know, they, they, don't, they don't pay attention because right. they, they didn't learn to be that listener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And improv is as much performance as it is listening. Yeah, two ears and, and to, one to mouth be able for to, a reason. That's right. You should listen twice as much as you speak. Yep. And, and to be able to think while you're telling me a thing, I'm going, oh, I can use that. All right. Yeah. I can, oh, I can build something on that too. Mm-hmm. And then the thing he said earlier, I can do the callback to that with your thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a it's a it's, I don't be, even know if it's a learn scale. I don't think you can to like put you in an MRI and flash pictures in front of your <laughs> brain to see which go. parts light up because oh, I'm sure yeah. that it's all just like a massive entangled wire. I would like, hope everything is connected. I would at this hope point. that it still looks like the grand finale on the Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, right. But I'm right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that the older I get, the the dimmer it's that to look gets. more like the Ohio sky <laughs> in January. Backyard <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> There's a little gray once right. in a while. There's some lightning. So so I mean. You went on this, the, the end of, you know, or, well, I guess not the end, but the beginning of yeah. the next phase of the performances and everything like that. You were with your wife on a cruise. Yeah. Right? yeah. That, that was so in. So prior to that, where did. That you, was later. Cause, so then we, we got married in, eight, in the late say, 80s. Where did y'all meet? And then we'll kind of get into the going on that cruise. and, and My wife and I first. met. Is that what you're asking me? Where my wife and I met? Right, right. We, we met at. Um, Oh, man, I wish this was a better story. I should make something up. Uh, uh, she <laughs> well, was killing well, we a guy, won't make and her I, listen to the episode, I walked around so the corner. Just say whatever. Yeah. No, no, she, she, uh, she and I went to the same high school. She was a year or two behind me, mm. and and we kind of were two totally different people. Right. Um, she was cool, um, and, and I was doing magic tricks and stand up in class. Uh, yeah, I just prefer to say she was cool, but <laughs> we were different. We were different. And she was cool. Um, she was real pretty and cool, and had lots of friends, and 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 I had. Uh, 
um, I, I, and she was very quiet though. I, I was a little more outspoken, um, probably to cover up the, 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 the uh, the, the, the lack of confidence or the, la- that, yeah, the lack of coolness that you yeah. thought you had or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was I pretty was sure. I was the same kid. I was pretty I, sure I had, everybody I thought I was a goofball, you know, shoulders, painted my nails black, wore a skateboard everywhere. Not wore one. I rode, yeah. rode a skateboard. Cause I don't, if you, you wear a skateboard, skateboard, you just look right. stupid. That's exactly, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I nice totally wheel did. pants. Yeah. <laughs> Heelys, bro. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Those came along too. Yeah. So, so we, we, she actually went to work for a friend of mine, and I would stop by his place. I worked at a, at a radio station, was on the air in the mornings, and then would stop at his place and have lunch or whatever after after work. And and uh, I kind of saw her differently then because now she was kind of hot, and right, you know, I mean, she was hot in school too, but. I again didn't have the yeah I could have never approached her then, but now I'm like hey this is this chick yeah and she was nice to me so you know that's that takes that takes you, that takes you <laughs> from a six to a ten pretty quick if no, you right, like me right so yeah I'm pretty discerning <laughs> <laughs> but but and we started going out and you know one thing led to another pretty soon we were married right nice. and, how, so, and you guys have been together how long now thirty almost thirty two years now that's awesome so so you know thanks we're almost done <laughs> that's how that works I guess yeah. so we uh, hey listen her parents will celebrate their sixty eighth wow. wedding anniversary oh, in a couple of like two months isn't that's that insane awesome. that's they're awesome. 91 and 90 and i just can't even 68 that's years. more than twice the time that i've been married and i've been married 32 years yeah, i can't even than, imagine that's more than a lot of people make it as far as just oh, living in general living yep. yeah, yeah. Period. well that's why i said that to my wife the other night i said they've been married for more than double the time we've been married and she said honey They've been married longer than we've been alive. And I went, yeah, well, yeah. Right. Good point. <laughs> yeah, they've been married 10 years longer than I've been alive. Okay. But still, that's more than double. I guess I was more impressed with, By the with my That number looks better to me than the other number, <laughs> damn it. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, we, we, um, we went on a cruise. Yes. And yep. – we were standing in line. This is a cool story. This is cool. We were standing in line at, at waiting for an onshore excursion bus that'll take mm-hmm. us to some thing, scuba diving or a picnic or whatever. And, and it was some Caribbean island. And those islands are beautiful and full of tourists <coughs> spending lots and lots of money. Mm-hmm. But the residents are dirt poor. Yeah. They're very oppressed. They're hungry. And it's it's very sad. The poverty, the rampant poverty in such a utopic paradise is is it's amazing. Yeah. So these boys, maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, come over and, and they they uh, they're begging the tourists who are mm-hmm. lined up there. They're begging for change. And I reached into my pocket, pulled out a quarter or 50 cent piece, whatever I had. And I started doing magic tricks and then made the coin disappear and then made it reappear out of his ear or behind his back or whatever. And this kid just was blown away. His, his mind exploded. He was all... Exploded, wow. yeah. And he goes over and gets his buddy and says in Spanish, to, you know, come over here and look at this. And they, now, now pretty soon I've got six or eight boys standing there and I'm doing tricks for them. And of course I have to keep giving them money. Like I'm running know, out of change. Yeah, I'm running. <laughs> so they would... And then they started giving me coins that they had already collected. Like, like do, do mine, yeah, do yeah, mine. Yeah. And, and so I... I, 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 I'm thinking, what this, this just doesn't make sense to me. This is crazy, uh, right? That, well, that when, these guys, for a moment, for just a moment, gave up these their money. These boys, for not just that, 
They forgot they were poor. They forgot yeah. they were hungry. They yep. forgot they were oppressed. They forgot they had a crappy life of, of, of hunger and poverty. Mm. And just experienced, for that window of time, they experienced joy. Wow. And laughter. And I, I love that when we were talking in our pre-interview phone call, that you said that that joy was the universal language. You couldn't understand Absolutely. what they were saying. You know what I mean? These, you're kind of catching it in between, but these, the facial these, expressions and the way that they were doing it was don't just have universal. the common decency to speak English. <laughs> but we didn't need a common language. Right. We had laughter. And they were shoving each other, just like you and I. If we heard him say something funny, you would, you would yeah. hit me or yeah, push yeah. me. These kids were doing the same thing. Totally different society, totally different culture, totally different eras of upbringing and yep. and class and and everything else. Different races, yep. different religions, but laughter and music—it was the same. Can yeah. be pretty consistent. And I across. said to my wife when we got on that bus and we rode away and we'd given these kids I don't know ten twenty dollars or something in coins, <laughs> and and I said you know we need to come back here. Mm. We need to do this again. This yeah. was something. And I think maybe for a longer period of time than just a little onshore excursion. Right. So year two or three, whatever, later, I, um, I had an opportunity to, uh, to go on a mission trip with a, with a church group. Mm -hmm. And they approached me and said, hey, you want to go on this mission trip? And I said, no, I'm not digging a hole and build, building a church yeah. and building a school. And I'm not, what am I going to do? I'm not carrying dirt and bricks and right. I'm, I'm, I can't do that. I don't have that skill and yeah. strength and I'm not really interested in developing that muscle either. And they said, no, no, we want you to come as a magician hmm. and you would come and do magic in this little village and all the village townspeople, I was going to say village people, but I don't want the cop and the cowboy and the Indian and, you know, doing the YMCA. So, so all the people of the village, let's yeah. call it that, it would, would come out to see you because you're an American entertainer. That's mm. a big deal. Yeah. Right. So they would come to see you. And then once you're there, when you're done, you could just introduce the next guy and he can spread the gospel and do whatever he does. Ah, you have, all right. You've piqued my interest. I need me uh, for my skill set. I could do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't have to dig a well. Okay. I'm Perfect. in. So... So I went and did this, and you know, as the arrogant American that I am, I went down to these little, this little Latin American country, and I, I said, oh, I'm going to make these people's lives better. I'm a, I'm a good man. I'm a, I'm a good guy. I'm going to make them feel fantastic. And what I quickly learned was, it made them feel good, it made me feel really good. Right. When you give to someone else, mm -hmm. you get the gift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got the gift. Um, I don't know how many shows, I don't know, 15 shows or something we did in that eight, 10 days, however mm -hmm. long we were gone. And, uh, it, it was, it's a different it, type it, of satisfaction. It, it was a remarkable experience. So the next year I went somewhere else and the next year I went somewhere else and I have now taken almost every year, every other year, I'll take two weeks or so out of my schedule and go somewhere in the world where no one has ever been. Mm. No, not no one, where no American would really go, you know, up in the mountains of Guatemala or Peru, mm -hmm. into the ghettos in, in Lima, Peru, or into these villages in West Africa, mm -hmm. into these adobe block schools um, where maybe they've never seen a, a white guy. Maybe they've never seen an American. Mm. There's a good chance these people have never met somebody from the United States. Right. Go there and set up and do do a magic show and goof around and do the improv mm -hmm. because the jokes don't translate. They don't get 
Yeah. They don't get my jokes about uh, air, tra- air travel. and yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Being able to do improv in a different culture. Much easier. Yeah. Much easier. Oh, really? Much easier than doing a, a prepared joke. Because those oh, things yeah, aren't yeah, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, But I was just like improv, like you know trans- me doing improv to like English speakers and stuff like that is, I feel like it's but way But I different. had a translator. Oh, I have okay. a translator. And you know what doesn't translate? Uh, humor. <laughs> because, right. you know, yeah. if you go home from work and say to your wife, hey, you know, the funniest thing happened today and you tell her the story, she just looks at you like you're an idiot. Because yeah. <laughs> that's not you funny. You had to be and there. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah, had exactly. to be there. And that's what everybody says. You had to be there. Yeah. And so when I tell you a joke in English and you only speak Spanish, so this guy Has, translates yeah. it and you go, okay. He loses all go. momentum at that um, point. Yeah. And you're right. look, you're doing this and you don't have enough money for a watch. So, but you're anxious to get out of here yeah. and then go be hungry somewhere else. <laughs> it, it's a whole different thing. But slapstick mm. translates great. Mm. You don't need a translator. Yeah. You know, the guy gets hit in the face with a pie. That's funny Anywhere. in every language. <laughs> when the guy walking down yes. the street falls in an open manhole. Yeah. Parisians and Londoners and Germans and Japanese people, everybody laughs. Everybody finds it funny. Slip and fall on a banana peel is universal. (laughs) That's probably why the Three Stooges is so absolutely such a big thing. Absolutely, yeah. Go back to silent movies. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the 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 vaudeville comedians that that transferred their careers from lousy stages in little towns and theaters to to film to the truly a silver screen back then with just music behind them, no no dialogue. So, and once in a while there'd be dialogue, but it was written mm. and you had to read it between gags. So again, the guy getting hit with a, with a board in the back of the head, you know, is now being hilarious. admitted to the hospital yep. and I'm taking care of him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. But you're laughing at how he got yeah, there. How yeah. How he got there. The yeah. first I won't say what we said. No, I know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and listen, I my, will never tell. Uh, my secret. improv, my improv, my life lessons that have made me a better performer, a better dad, a better grandpa, a better human being. Yeah. Um, some of the experiences I've had is for years, I was a, I was a, a state certified high school baseball umpire. Hmm. I, I was I was uh, I served two terms on city council. Mm. Um, I you know I had a mayoral campaign that I that I backed out of for a variety of reasons. I have uh, I I've owned a couple of businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been married for a long time. I not not uh, where's that camera? Not too long. <laughs> <laughs> Just the right amount of time, and I can't wait for more. But <laughs> but it, it's been it's been a, a, an amazing run. I was an EMT. Mm. And a firefighter. So I, I get the gallows humor, the dark humor that oh, goes yeah. with, if you don't joke around about this, they lose your you decompensate. Yeah. You, you'll spend all your time at a wake. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it, how, many, how many countries have you been to now? If you started out, you know, uh, going to these mountainous regions and all these other places, you're going to start taking things off of the list where now we can't say that no American's ever been there. 27. Right? 27? 27, I think, is the number of countries. Uh, Jamaica, Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a little bit of time in Puerto Rico. I know that's not a foreign country, but it's but it was but it's like a foreign country. It's right. very Spanish speaking, very tropical. Right. Um, Saint Martin, Saint Thomas, Peru, uh, Guatemala, Mexico, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> Basically, a foreign country. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how far into the hills you go. Yeah, it's, or uh, it is like a different language. So, so that's yeah. a 
kind of a pretty good segue. Is this all of them listed here in the what? You- that's not all of them, but that's that's a lot of them. Um, and we'll, we'll make sure that we list you know the the places that you've been cool. inside of the the yeah, uh, cool. show notes. Some and everything. of some of the uh, some of the some of the experiences I've had. Um, two years ago this week, I was in Hong Kong and and South China. Um, I performed at a leper colony. Wow. Mm. Now, I didn't know there were still leper colonies. So when the girl that I was on the phone with, I, I, I was talking to her, and she's, she, she's helping me plan and book all these shows, and she lives in China, and she's from Ohio, mm. and she lives there. And she said, uh, she said, okay, so we're going to go to the school, and then we'll go to the orphanage, and we'll go to the children's hospital, and then we got you at a leper colony, and then we'll go to this church, and then we'll the circus. Back up to where? A leper colony. Are you saying leper like leprosy? She said, yeah. I went, Hopefully it's not a leopard st- colony. They yeah. still, <laughs> they still, I would have preferred. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to the leopard colony. Yeah, I mean, those are cool to look at. It's not cool to stare at, uh, you know. Yeah, right. So, yeah, there's, there's leper colonies. Wow. And then I did some research, and I found that there's hundreds of leper colonies around the world that wow. are still in existence. I didn't wow. know that either. One of them is in Hawaii. So it's still wow. part of the United States. I, I had no idea. So learned a little bit more about that and found that it's not contagious mm-hmm. uh, to only to about like 8 or 10% of the population. And the only way you get it is same way you get this, this these viruses that are floating around now between SARS and the coronavirus and bird flu and whatever, a mad cow, whatever else we have. Right. You, you get uh, – oh, and Black Plague. We're going to bring that back too. Mm. Um, well, it's a reboot. Yeah, Reboots are very popular now. Right, right. So, so what they what they had was was um, uh, it, it transfers through mo- uh, like if someone sneezed in your eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, droplet. That, yeah, mm-hmm. you get that that droplet of mucus, but it but it enters. You know, you're you're not doing this and while well, somebody's sneezing in your face, but it but if it goes in your eye. So I see these people in the airport now when I travel. I see all these people are wearing masks. They're wearing glasses. surgical masks. <laughs> They need goggles. Yeah, they right. should be wearing swim goggles, not not. You know, that would be a man. trip. Watching a bunch of people in the airport goggles with, on. With well, listen, here's what on. I see in the airport, though. I see people wearing surgical masks that they bought at Rite Aid, yeah, or CVS or Walgreens that don't actually block any of the pores. Well, they not 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 just that because they can be okay. It's more that would be more for if you are sick, mm-hmm. so you don't spread it From to me. To other people, but but they're wearing it. Over their mouth, but not over, over their oh, nose. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you, go, you go, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. half the purpose. And, yeah, so yeah. It, it was, you That's know, like, I are, mean, you being an EMT, you'll understand. That's like when I watch Grey's Anatomy or some of these other yeah, medical shows, yeah. and they have an ET tube taped to the person's yes. lip like it's a nasal yes. cannula or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That, that'll, there'll be a little plug for all my nurses that listen to this show. They'll be yeah. chuckling. Everybody has a good thing. Yeah. So what is – now – you're performing around the world. You know, you're going to all of these things. Tell me about chickens. How do those apply? Well, I went to uh, one of one of the hosts, the guys that, that, that took me around. It was my translator. Said uh, we had some time to kill, and he said, "Hey, let me take you to the market." And I said, "What? What's what's that? I mean, I know the word, but what's what is it?" He mm-hmm. said, "It's the market. It's like a it's like a, uh, a flea market. Mm-hmm. It, but they have everything, just like a flea market back in the states." Mm. Why do I? I don't want to go to. Why would yeah. I want to go to that? I don't, go same to, thing. I don't go to flea markets in Ohio. Why would I go to one in Guatemala? Yeah. He said, "No, it's that's their 
Walmart. I mean, that's their mm. shopping. That's their everything. That's where the locals go. He said, you'll love it. It'll be amazing. Come on. It'll be cool. You'll see things there you've never seen before. So we went. And he was right. I saw things I'd never seen, but I saw a pig's head, you know, for sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Bloody pig's head, you know, go home and have pork snout or whatever it is. Whatever you want so, to cut yeah. out of there. So, and, and vegetables that I'd never heard of mm. and people, crazy people watching. So, I, there's a guy that has this bicycle and the bicycle has handbrakes. So, there's cables that go down. Yeah. The, the front fork of the bike. And on that cable, he has these little plastic things that look like, they look like the little doohickeys that, that close up the plastic bag of bread. Mm, you know, okay. those little oh, plastic tabs, yeah, those yeah, colored yeah, yeah, tabs. Yeah, yeah. And, and those tabs are hooked to that, to that brake cable and hanging from those tabs are, are the, the, the leg of a chicken. Mm. And they hang them upside down and the chickens pass out because all the blood rushes to their head and then they don't injure themselves on the way to the market. And he was either buying or selling them at the market. And I said, what is, what is this? This guy's got like 40 chickens on the handlebars of his bike. He said, well, he's selling chickens. For why do people want chickens? To eat. Oh, well, how much are those? And they were like seven bucks a chicken. So I can get a mating pair of birds, a cock and a hen, mm-hmm. for about $14. Hmm. And I what a thought, steal. And I thought, these people don't have anything. If I gave somebody a pair of chickens, as long as Uncle Fred doesn't eat the first two birds, yeah. <laughs> you know, a year from now, this guy's going to have a flock of yeah, birds. Yeah, right. And... So that's what I did. I took all the money that I had on me that was a couple hundred bucks that I was going to just buy souvenirs, Mm -hmm. stuff that would probably break or I'd throw away or lose on the way home. And I bought a couple hundred dollars worth of chickens. And Mm. everybody that came, every family that came to my show that night got a mating pair of birds. Wow. Wow. And I saw the joy and gratitude that that brought. Yeah. Better than any souvenir you could have bought, I'm sure. That's right. And I realized that that didn't just make them happy. That saved their lives. Sustained them. Absolutely. So now their kids have meat, eggs, poultry, mm-hmm. calories, yeah, nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, That's crazy. And it's good for them. Yeah. And they'll be better students. They'll be better parents. Mm-hmm. They'll be better people. And you don't know what that one act of kindness changes yeah. the way they see the world and whatnot. So I started doing that at every in every town. Wow. And... Now I, I go throughout the community um, in, in the States. When I do a show, at the end of the show, I sell videos uh, of my show. I have some DVDs mm-hmm. and these little digital cards that uh, you can plug into a smart TV or your computer, USB port in a computer, and you can watch my show. There's a 10-minute there's a documentary on the Million Miles, Million Smiles program mm-hmm. that, I, that I created um, where we show pictures of the kids with eggs, and there's an interview with somebody in Africa, some guy that, said, well, when Eric was here, we thought things really disappeared, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we had to be careful in Africa because, you, you know, you can't call it magic all the time. Right. Uh, they're afraid of magic some right. places. So yeah. some places we had to say I would did a guy that did illusion. Gotcha. And, you know, couldn't use the word magic. But anyways, they, they um, on that video, there's a, a, a stage show. There's a close-up show. And there's this little documentary. It's about two hours worth of, wow. maybe a little better than two hours of entertainment. Um, and, and I sell those videos and then all the proceeds from those videos goes to buy chickens. food. Yeah. Chickens. Wow. That's or, awesome. Or provide nourishment that reminds for folks me in of need. What is, what's that one saying? You give someone a fish, you feed them for a day, you teach them how to fish, you 
They can sit in a Be- boat for hours and just sit there and waste away. <laughs> <laughs> Possibility. Oh, okay. That's not the phrase yeah, you, you want. You feed them for a lifetime. You need to teach them how to fish and then give them sunscreen. Yeah, and, and, and beer, apparently. You have to <laughs> yeah, sit, that's too. sit in a boat and drink beer. that's where we're headed, I am not yeah. opposed to this. It might be a little bit cold that's outside. Right. You can teach but... a man to fish. What is it? Or you give a man a give fish. Give a man a fish and eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he sits in a boat and drinks beer. Right. There you go. I couldn't have said it better myself. No, no. And he eats forever. Yeah. And that's what this is. That's a very admirable thing that you did. That's incredible. Thank you. It was it was an awesome moment that anybody in the same situation would have done. Anybody, you know, when it hit me, when that bell rang, mm-hmm. it it was amazing. Well, it's it, it probably deafening well, it's, when it when it, it actually did. hit. Yeah, you're right. You know, what's heartwarming to me is the fact that not everyone gets the opportunity to even be in these places. Mm-hmm. But then when you are there, you take it upon yourself to do something like that for some Look, someone else. L- don't don't. Don't admit me to sainthood here. No, though, but <laughs> because because sincerely, I love I love what I do. Mm-hmm. It's fun to be able to go somewhere and have adulation. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll let you praise me. <laughs> you no, know, right? But, no, but, stop but, it! Stop it! Yeah, stop. say yeah, it again, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me hear what? Oh, you love me? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, but but to have listen, I was in China, and there's I have a video on my website that, that that's. Uh, that, that shows this, a teacher in a school took this. I did this trick, and as you watch the trick unfold, these kids who speak, it was in an international school in China, so these kids speak, I don't know, 15, 17 different languages. Hmm. I'm saying it in English. English is not, it, nobody's first language. Yeah. They all speak English. They t- teach yeah. English in the school, but, <clears throat> right. but they're, you know, I don't know if I'm, giving them the words that they need. Gotcha. You know, if they know all these words. Yeah. But the magic works. Hmm. And they go, ooh, ah. And then the trick happens and they applaud and they scream. Hmm. And the scream turns into, Eric, Eric. (laughs) And I went, oh, goodness, they're chanting Chanting. my name. (laughs) This is I'm not ever leaving here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Stay here forever. Yeah. So it, it was a pretty cool thing. I, another, another, uh, another uh, really cool language barrier story was uh, I'm doing a trick. And in, in one of these tricks that I do, I say, now you watch here. Look, look. You say, watch, watch. Mm-hmm. And this guy is translating for me. And, and every time I say something, he, I pause. Then he repeats it in, in Spanish. Yeah. So I said, watch. He goes, mira. He said, watch. He said, mira. I said, watch. He said, mira. And I went, watch. And pointed to my wrist like where a watch would be. Uh-huh. And I do that for American audiences. And it's just silly. It's a stupid little offshoot, you know, thing. It's funny. It's good for a laugh. And so I go, watch. He says, mira. And I point to my wrist and say, watch. And he goes, that ain't going to translate, dude. <laughs> now I have a, a hundred people that speak Spanish in front of me that just heard him in English say that ain't gonna translate dude <laughs> they don't know what that yeah. means but they know that it was in English and I went oh, how arrogantly American of me to think that a word that means look here and, and a timepiece uh, would translate to be the same word right. in Spanish like, you know, the sound a dog makes and the outside of a tree are both called bark in English. They are not both called <laughs> yeah. the same thing yeah. in Spanish. So being raised with a mother that immigrated here from Slovakia, right? So I'm bilingual. I speak both Slovak and it's good for English, you. right? So growing up in that household, I, I learned to speak English and Slovak cohesively. Mm. And I was homeschooled, right? So yeah. I just assumed, I assumed that everybody, everybody knew, it. knew yeah. another language. 
right? I didn't think I didn't necessarily think it was Slovak, but I thought everybody was at least bilingual. Right. So I remember <laughs> the bilingual, the, the, the number of people in this region are barely lingual, <laughs> let alone bilingual. <laughs> so I like I remember getting to high school, my freshman year of high school and pronouncing. No, so you, so you were not you were no longer homeschooled. Then no longer homeschooled. So you went to high no, school. They, in let, a me, public they school. let me out of the house okay. at 14. Um, and I was sitting in the classroom and I pronounced Baton Rouge, Baton Raug. <laughs> and my English teacher was like, Come "Hey, who's again? who's the new stupid kid?" <laughs> right, exactly. Or, or or Arkansas. That was another one. Yeah, well, and I was like, "Well, you know what? It doesn't that's make, how it's Kansas is how you know the, yep. the yep. same spelling. Yep. It would make sense that it would be Arkansas yep. rather than Arkansas." No, I think that that is. Yeah. Ironic. Listen, Gallagher, the comedian Gallagher. Remember, the Gallagher was the guy with the long hair that that smashed, smashed watermelons. The watermelons. Yes. Right. Yep. It's Gallagher. When I worked with Gallagher, I watched him do this with the English language. He was one of the smartest people I've ever met. He took words and said things like, "Why does this word that's spelled this way not rhyme with this word that's spelled the same way?" Oh. And dun, dun, goes dun. through all these words. Amazing number of words. That's why people hate. That, learning English. Yes, English is a very difficult My mom was like, learn. this is, I mean, she's been in the States now 25 years, 25, 26 years, and still, like, the biggest thing is that sometimes idioms or metaphors, yeah. other stuff just, I'm sure. You know, and then like five minutes later, it comes back around and smacks her in the forehead, and she starts laughing for no apparent reason, and no, you know, it's already over. We're That's like, what's, what's happening now? She's like, I just got it, guys. Sat, it all makes sense. I sat on the front porch of, of, of a church in some Spanish-speaking country and tried to teach a bunch of teenage boys before I was going on to perform, tried to teach these boys how to say my name in English. So my, they could chant for you? My name is... No, yeah. <laughs> yes, because I encouraged the chanting. I said, I'm not going on unless they chant. <laughs> and, and Because they say Eric. Right. And oh. my name is Eric. And do you know how dweeby, <laughs> nerdy, goofy you sound when you say it's Eric, Eric, <laughs> Eric, and they laughed and laughed and laughed, and I just kept going. And now again, I don't speak Spanish; yeah. they don't speak English, but we were laughing our butts off at that church. <laughs> That's funny. It was great, but they taught me how to say each of their names mm. with that Spanish, that that Latin accent, that, right. that flair, which is such a beautiful language. Oh yeah. The I mean, I don't know what Mars. they're saying. They might be telling me how ugly I am and how stupid everything is. <laughs> but it sounds but, good. But gosh, man, they sound amazing. Right, it's not Germans will be telling you they love you, and it sounds like they <laughs> yeah, hate you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The exact that's what they call it, the romance languages, when, right? Yes. Spanish and French. Yeah, and, and I don't know what kind of romance you get Italian. into with German, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it's more, more of an S and M thing. <laughs> <I would think. laughs> oh boy! When, when one of the what, the couple of moments that were really tugged at my heart that really make me continue to do this mm -hmm. and want to do this when uh, I was sitting on a hillside with this little girl. This little girl came to me. She was, I don't know, eight. And she held my hand. As soon as I got there, she picked me out of the, out of the group and held my hand. And then when I had to do this magic show, in front of all these people in her town, she was still holding my hand. She would not <laughs> let go. So there's no stage. This is not a theater. This is outside yeah. behind a school, right. along a river. Everybody just comes. And it's kind of a little bowl. There's a little bit of a hillside. And people are yeah. sitting up on the hill. And... She's holding my hand. Well, I had to peel her little hand off of mine because I need both <laughs> need hands both to do these tricks. And I gave her the fold of fabric on the side of my on the thigh of my pants and said, "Just hold 
you know, yeah. you grip here. And and she stayed with me Aww. on the stage. Yeah, it was adorable. That's so sweet. Well, hmm. I, I, I later, let me, I'll jump ahead and then jump back to the rest of that story. Later, when I got home, I realized I had like 2,000 pictures on my camera. And I was going through all these pictures, and I realized there were no old men in these pictures. And I, and I was just really perplexed by this. And I, I called the, the, the satellite phone of the guy that, that spoke English down there, yeah. who was my translator. I called him, and I said, Craig, there's, there's no old men in my pictures. He said, yeah, there's no old men. I said, yeah. Well, what's going on? Where did, where's all your old men? <laughs> and, and he said, there aren't any. Uh, and I said, what do you mean there aren't any? How do you have a society with no old not, people? Not one. He said, there's no old men. Because there was a 35-year civil war in Guatemala. Uh, they're, they're either, and it was the first time I'd ever heard this word, they were disappeared by the military. Wow. And so they were either killed or forced into the woods and just, you know, abandon their town and don't come back or we'll kill you. Wow. So there's no old men. So part of her attraction, to, I don't mean, I don't mean an affection, yeah, no, attraction, but part, part of her, her magnetism coming toward me was she, she, I was a grandpa figure. Yeah. You know, I never seen that before. And, probably. Yeah. So wow, I was an old man. That's crazy. So I, you know, she, I was, and I was kind and soft spoken yeah. and all that. So I was like somebody's grandpa, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I, I hung out with this girl. Her name was Gailey. And uh, Gailey and I sat together and, and, and uh, she said to me as we were, we were, I saw him loading the trucks and we were preparing to leave. And I was trying to explain to her in English. And I find that if you speak loud and with an accent, that might help. <laughs> so Perfect. I'm trying to, yeah, yeah. again, the arrogant American in me. I tried to explain to her that I was leaving. I'm walking away and goodbye, or, you know, and, and, uh, uh, she said, she said to me, ropa. And I, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I do rope tricks. And I thought she was saying something about these pieces of rope. <laughs> yeah, and oh and I, I, she said, she said again, ropa. And I said, I, I don't have my ropes. I, I thought she wanted to see mm-hmm. the trick again. And I said, I no ropa. And she said, no, ropa. And I went, okay. And then I saw the daughter of Greg, who was my translator, who's the, the pastor that runs this, uh, yeah. this mission there. I, I saw her walking across this, this field and I called out to her and she came over and I, and, and I knew she was bilingual and fluent in both languages. And I said, would you ask her what she's saying? I don't know what she's saying to me. And she said, what did she say? And I said, something Ropa. And she perked up and said it again, Ropa. And she talked to her in Spanish and she answered her in Spanish and she turned to me and said, Ropa means clothes. She wants to know if you have any clothes for her. Mm. I went, oh. Oh, man. Wow. Oh. I said, tell her I will see to it that she gets some clothes. I don't happen to have any clothes that fit an eight-year-old girl with yeah. me. <laughs> Not um, something I usually wear. in my other suitcase. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, but but uh, you tell her I will see to it that she gets, and I'm going to give you and your mom and dad some money. And the next time you guys go into town, I want you to shop for her and her family. Get some clothes. So gave them a hundred bucks or something, which is like, you know, a lifetime of clothing in yeah. that, in that, in that society. Right. Um, another one, I was in Cuba. That's and, a, what, go, so, go ahead. so before we, before yeah. we move on to that one, just that, that sentence right there, right? You said a hundred dollars is like a lifetime worth of clothes. Yeah. Over there. We interviewed a gentleman on here named Robinson Oteam. Oteam? Oteam. Okay. He's from Uganda. Right, and he actually graduated from Walsh with his MBA, 
Um, but he vividly remembers like hiding in the ceiling of a school and oh, watching his man. friends being abducted by rebels, oh, like having to hide from his own family at night. He was like, none of us all stayed in the same house. He's like, you couldn't trust your own father. You can trust anybody. He's like, I hid in the woods and would wait for the sun to come up because oh. then it would be safe to go yeah. back out. Yeah. Um, and he is in Uganda right now. And we just did a little fundraiser to help him cool. with a house and help him build a home. And for – I think we were able to send him around $1,800. He was able to, to build – The biggest house in like town. The, in his entire yeah. home to, to house him. He has a wife and five children. For about $1,800, we were able to build him a house. You know, and it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely phenomenal. Knowing that, I mean, he, I have pictures of it and everything. We, you know, I'll show you offline. Yeah. But it, knowing that we were able to impact that entire family, oh, it's huge. And and Robinson with his MBA, you know, as being able to support his family gives him the peace of mind to be able to go out and help support the community yep. because that's what he wants to use his education for is to bring business to Gulu and help structure things. When you think about a guy who got out, came to the United States, Goes saw back. this 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 filth of wealth that we that we take are, for granted are impoverished or you know yeah oh way we have, beyond, have satellite dishes yeah. and pets it's, yeah, yeah insane yeah yeah where in those communities they eat their pets over here right. we just get another pet right um yeah and then they go back they yeah. get their their education and he went back they get what they came for yep. and they return to help their I just can't even phenomenal human uh, yeah I still it's talk hard to, to fathom almost. At almost every other day we're, we're messaging and I'm like, he's giving me updates and you know, we're That's planning cool. on helping and sending him some audio equipment to help him. Cause he has a radio station that he set up and he's trying to communicate with everybody to teach like entrepreneurship ideas That's and great. you know, all these other types wow. of things. But like I, you said for a hundred dollars, it's yeah. a lifetime worth of clothes for $1,800. It's a house, Yeah, you know, and, and it's, yeah. And we have people in Northeast Ohio that have an $1,800 a month house payment. Right. Yeah. Right, it's 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 insane, but I digress. Yeah, so no, Cuba, that's cool. Cuba was the next. Yeah, Cuba piece, I, in Cuba, and you, you it, this this all ties together though. It's the impact of one guy and another guy. Just just it happened to meet people from um, you know, Cuba, Havana, Cuba is only a hundred miles from Florida, mm. but it might as well be a trillion miles yeah. away on another planet. Right. Um. I, I was in a hotel in Havana, and and there was only one guy that I that I saw every day that spoke English, mm. um, and he was a, a maitre d or something at the at the hotel there, concierge. And I went outside and I said to him, "Hey, I, listen, I, I'm I, I understand there's a baseball stadium not far from here. Mm. I would like to go to a, see a Cuban baseball game. That would be that's a very cool cultural, yeah." touristy thing to do isn't baseball like massive it's yeah it's yeah. like a religion there yeah, yeah. yeah so and 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 it's as an american sport it's it's revered there gotcha so he said yes the the estadia de havana something mm-hmm. something de cuba is right around the corner I, okay when you say right around the corner could i walk there he said oh no 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 i said okay well how do i get there he said a cab a taxi I said okay how how far is it? He said, do you mean in miles or in dollars? I, said, huh. I said, well, you know what? I really don't well. care how many miles it is. I want to know how many dollars it takes to get there. So, yeah, yeah that's the right question yeah. to ask. <laughs> how, much does it, how much is a cab, right? He said, one minute. And he, he calls uh, uh, Lionel is the guy's name, this, this cab driver. Calls him over. And this kid's like 25, 28 years old. Calls him over, and this kid runs over because – 
he's he's a cab driver. He's he's hanging out in front of a hotel. He's yep. right. he's, he's quick, you know. Time is money. That's right. So he came over and uh, in Spanish he asks him, you know, how much, and the guy goes ocho or whatever. So it's eight dollars. Dollars, you can't get in a taxi in New York for for. I mean, if you just sat in the cab and it never moved, it'd be twenty bucks. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly so yeah. okay, he's well, gonna take me to the stadium, and so I said to this guy, "Well, well, well okay, it's eight dollars to get there. So how do I how do I get back? Can I walk back here?" He said, "No, you don't want to walk back here." I said, "Okay," which I took as neighborhood not good around the stadium. Uh, so how do I get back? Can, you know, can I ask him to wait for me? He said, sure, you can ask him. <laughs> kind of like, you can ask him. Yeah, <laughs> he ain't right. going to wait, but sure you can ask work. him. Right, right. I said, well, what if I pay him? I thought to myself, what if I pay him? If I give him another $8, will he just wait for me? And, you know, maybe I'll give him $15 and he can wait through the game. And then when I come out, I can just get in the cab. And, and he said, no, you, 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 you don't want to do that. He's not going to wait for you. I said, if I pay him, and I'm thinking, if I pay him, yeah, I wouldn't wait for me. Why would this? Why would I expect yeah, this guy to wait? Right, right. I'm going to give him all the money, and you think he's going to hang around? No, he's going to leave. No. I said, well, what if I give him half the money? Well, he's going to take half the money yeah, and leave. You know, I mean, there's no good way to do that. Right, I, right. I said, well, are there taxis that will be like hanging out there after the game that I can just catch a cab back here? And he said, no, there's no taxis there. Well, it didn't occur to me. They don't have any money. These people, there's no, no, locals go to the game. They're not going to take taxis. They're going to walk home or yeah. ride their bikes or whatever. It's not a tourist thing. It's a locals thing. Mm. Right. Okay. I know. Ask him if he wants to go to the game. Yeah, that's me. exactly <laughs> what I was just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. How much could it possibly be? I'll pay for his ticket. Yeah. And this, he said this to this taxi, this Lionel kid. And kid looks at me and he goes, in English, he goes, Really? <laughs> I said, see, sí, really? He said, okay. And we got in his taxi, and I paid him the $8. And he drove me to the stadium, and then he got out and went in with me. But on the way to the stadium, I, I, I managed to pantomime, and, and with just my six words of Spanish, I said, you know, do, are you married? Do you have a wife, senorita? Uh, and so would she like to go to the game too? Really? Wow. Yes, yes, yeah, see. So he took the phone out of his pocket, and he called her. and <laughs> we down pulled, here. <laughs> we, pulled, yeah, we pulled up in front of their house, and she came bounding out of the house and jumped in the car, and she speaks about 100 words of English. Mm. It's, that's, that's plenty. Right. And we had a great conversation. She was able to translate for me. We get to the game. I take both of them to the game. We go in. We sit in the best seats in the house, right behind the dugout, three bucks a piece. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And every single term for baseball in Cuba is in English. Hmm. Oh, really? Second baseman is called a second baseman. A home run is not a casa runo or something. It's 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 home run. That's how American, it's an American baseball is. American. <laughs> Baseball was taken to Cuba, and they took all the terms with them. Right. So it, I, it, we were right there. Yeah. A grand slam is a grande slam. It's <laughs> it's it's a grand slam. It's so I was fine. I was in yeah. my own. I have a beautiful picture of the three of us at this That's game. Awesome. That's a crazy story. And, so cool. and it's it's such a cool moment. So when I got back, I flew into uh, Miami, and 
and my flight was out of Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a, a, a taxi from Miami to Fort Lauderdale. And it was the only cab that was available was this, uh, this Cuban guy driving a van. And I was the only passenger in this 14 passenger van. And so I sat right up kind of in the front there and, and uh, this this big linebacker looking Cuban guy said, "So where were you?" I said, "I was in Cuba." And he turned around and looked at me and he said, "And this is in 2012. Cuba was not open, right? Barely open." And and he said, "You went to Cuba?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Are you Cuban?" <laughs> I said, "No. I don't even have had a good tan, you yeah. know." And <laughs> you're like, "No." Okay. He said, uh, "He said, how did you go to Cuba?" And I explained that I through the United States State Department, I got a the Office of Foreign Assets Control. I got a letter that's an arts exchange thing. I, I was able to go. And and he said, that's amazing. I've never met anybody that went to Cuba that did, didn't have family in Cuba. Mm. Right. And I, and I said, what did you do there? And I told him about doing shows and hanging out at art things and stuff. Yeah. And, and he said, uh, and I told him the story about going to the baseball game. And he turned, we were going 70 miles an hour on the expressway. And he turns around and looks at me. And he's got tears running down oh. his face. And he said, those people will never forget you. They will name their children after you. <laughs> and I said, oh, God. <laughs> Please I don't hope I they don't do that. Please don't crash this I can't car. imagine <laughs> this 20-year-old kid coming someday to Ohio from Cuba going, uh, looking for Eric Thompson. My name is Eric Thompson. What? <laughs> he, took, he, took, he took my parents to a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's wow. Yeah, it was very cool. So having these experiences that that as a tourist you would never have the no, opportunity no. to have these. No. It's self-driving to your purpose then like you said, it, it motivates you to want to go back and do stuff like that. And it's yep. fixing relationships with foreign relationships with America between America and other countries. Now, it's fixing them one guy at a time, so it's going to take a while. Yeah. But you know, we've made some huge strides. Any progress oh, yeah. is good progress. That's right. Oh yeah. That's right. Awesome. There have been some amazing, amazing experiences. Yeah, I know. I, that's phenomenal. So, so this last kind of segment here uh, is going to be – we always kind of ask our guests what type of advice or things that they would like to offer to people that are kind of in their field that are looking to level up their game, right? Because a lot of times what we find is that when people – listen to the episodes, we get entirely new listener demographics because people are interested in, you know, the title is magician travels the world or whatever we end up coming up with or agreeing on. They look at it and they're like, Oh, I'm a magician that wants to travel the world. I'm going to, you know, listen to what this, uh, smart ass witty (laughs) Witty, guy has to say. Right. And so a couple (laughs) of the questions that we always like to ask, right. There's, there's, um, I kind of narrowed it down to, to two in my head out of the five or six or seven that we normally have. And, and the first one is if you had a billboard, right. And feasibly this billboard, millions of people are going to be able to see it. Okay. You know, out of all the places you've been and, and all this other kind of stuff, just imagine that you have all of those people in one on traveling on one highway. Right. And they all happen to be able to understand what this billboard says. Okay. okay? What would you have it say to those people? This billboard is being seen by, Every everybody just, and everybody. Just people that uh, we're we're trying to get in touch with, or or, or Americans that we want to teach so, them so how to these, help. So these are the, the the people that are like um, that are looking to step their their game up to that next level. That are wanting to outreach to this population that you have had the ability to outreach to. If they were had the ability to see this Here's billboard, what I'll tell you. you know how, what would you tell them? Go do it. Just go do it. Just start. Yep. I like that you, a lot. You, you know when you learn to walk. You don't just walk, you fall. 
might, Nike might have a problem with that. Well, but. tough. <laughs> you know what? It wouldn't, wouldn't, it be, it. wouldn't it be awesome if they sued me and we could use that notoriety from the lawsuit to create that message of just go up. do yep. it. Just, just go, go do, do it. it. Yep. And I think I would probably win because I put the word go in there. But we're gonna make it so small. Yeah, yeah. Just go do it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. We'll, we'll flip the yeah. swoosh around yeah. the opposite That's right. direction. That's right. We'll all be safe. It will make it a smile instead yeah, of a. There we swoosh. go. Um, here, here's here's what I would say. You know, you take a step. You take two, three steps. You take four steps. You fall down. Take get up and take a couple more steps. Just go do it. I yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I just went and did it. And. You know, my fingers are crossed. I wasn't abducted or, yeah. or you know, d- d- kidnapped and taken for ransom or you know whatever. Some of all the crazy things you hear. Listen, the reason those crazy stories about people being harmed in some way or abducted mm. or whatever, the reason those are on the news and the reason they're lead stories on the news, is because they're remarkable. Yeah. And the reason they're remarkable is because they're rare. Right. Thou- tens of thousands of Americans go to these places mm-hmm. every day. Or every week. Yep. And nothing happens to them. They get sunburned. That's the worst thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. And then they come home. Right. Okay. Get over your fear. Get over it. Listen, I, my, my mother and I, my, my 80-year-old mother, I just took her to Dallas, Texas to see her brother. Mm-hmm. She flew one time 40-some years ago. She was scared to fly. I think she I was, no, I don't know if scared is the right word, but she was really apprehensive. She was worried about, you know, is the plane going to crash? I just heard last week that plane full of 150 people and they all died. Yeah. I said, Mom, that was in the Ukraine. They were shot <laughs> down by Iraqi terrorists. We're flying from Ohio to Texas. Right. I don't think anybody in Oklahoma is trying to shoot down our plane. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my grandmother in Europe's the same way. She used to call us all the time when my mom, like when she was first over here, oh. you know, I'm like six, seven years old. I remember my mom talking to my grandmother on the phone at that point. That I heard there was a the tornado wall. in Kansas. Yeah, Are you guys okay? Right, exactly. yeah. She's like, oh my God, California's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the state's going to break all don't know. But, but in Slovakia, but they know. think the entire country, the entire country is the size of West Virginia. Of course. You know what I mean? And so she's like, that's right next door. And then my yes. dad's like, Marta. Yeah. Come on, like, Stop this, it. Is, this is like if you if there was a earthquake in Italy. Right. This is that's that's the distance that's but between that where we're you at. You can't you can't no. make them understand. No. Hey, listen. Oh, you're from the United States. I know a guy named Jerry. You know him? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. the same thing with me in the Air Force. Oh, you must fly planes. You know this pilot? <laughs> yeah, I know a pilot. Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> so so I, I would say. Um. Here, without getting all spiritual and biblical and all that, in the Bible, it says that you should go into the world and te- it's uh, the verses, go go into the world and tell them of his name. So they, they want you to go spread the word of Jesus. What I would tell you is that's, I think that's the, maybe the, 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 the pinnacle, if apex, if we can use the pun, it, it, it's, 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 it's the, it's the, well, I don't know if that's a copyright thing. If, nope. if, uh, I'm going to be sued. If we won't if you that. use that that verse, you can make the justification for missions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. So whether you believe or not believe or whatever, you should go help people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to help people in the name of God. You can just help them because it's a cool thing to do. Right. It's the right thing to do. There it is. So, so it, there's another verse I used in in the hun- the hundredth Psalm is uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now biblical scholars will tell you that that joy is the singing of music. It's it's singing of praise mm-hmm. to God. 
I can make the argument that that joyful noise is laughter. Mm. And, mm. and I can hold my own with a religious scholar and, on that and say it's laughter. And I'll tell you that your earthly father, as an earthly father, there's no better sound than hearing your children laugh with one another. Right. So if if my heavenly father is like my earthly father, then he must enjoy hearing us laugh. Yeah. Okay. So hmm. so again, that that's the end of the Bible verse. But what I would say is in the Bible it says, "Go into all the world." There are goers and there are senders. Yep. If you can't go for some reason, if you're in a wheelchair and there's just no way you can get to the top of some lonely mountain in in Peru, well then give give the guy that's going give him twenty bucks. Help him out. Help yeah. them go for the same cause. Yeah, yeah. you're it, you're going to impact the same people. You just won't be there to see it, but he'll have pictures, mm-hmm. and you can go online and follow his trip. He'll probably blog about it because yep. that's what everybody does now. Right. So that's that's what I would say. Just go. Just start. Yeah, you you have start to. Somewhere. You know, the journey of a million miles starts with a single. Fr- it. It just truly go, does. Yeah. It just go does. do it. You can't. This, this entire thing all started. I was in my kitchen cooking breakfast and my, my root college roommate at the time who we're actually about to bring back to start writing blogs for us again. Cool. Um, so that we can incorporate that original DNA back into what this is, you know, spiraled wildly out of control into, um, sitting there cooking breakfast and we had just experienced six suicides in <gasps> six months Ugh. at a local high school. And it was, That's I mean, out of the same school. Yeah. yeah. It was the same school. We'd set the national record for the number of high school suicides in a county. Well, congratulations. Right. And it was horrible. I mean, it was just this black cloud was over the community and nobody had any idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. It seemed like everybody was on edge. Like next week, there's going to be another suicide in the paper. Were they related? The the, the suicides? They were just, well. It wasn't like a suicide pact or. They they kind of explored that. There were some other things that went on and, you know, that's um, still kind of controversial as far as to what all happened and what all went down. But, um. Inevitably, it did happen. You okay. know? And, and so okay. now we're trying to deal with the repercussions of what that is. And I remembered being anxious and having those moments where I was in such a dark place that I rationalized that me out of the picture made more sense. Right. And I started writing the, the blogs. The JJD Thoughts was what it was called. It was these outreach blogs about how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with this, how to deal with that. And it all started with I actually have it in that desk. It was there's one blog post that started this entire thing and it was just me deciding to listen to my gut and whatever word that I had to try to give to spread to make a positive impact. It was a single post. That one step. Yeah. Yep. And it all just kind of. You snowballed. talk about wanting to do a, a go to a, an open mic night and yeah. try stand up for a minute. I just got to do know, it. Listen, you'll never you'll you'll never be ready. Mm. So just go do it. You can write jokes until out, you're man. blue in the be, face. You can yep. you oh. can practice in front of a mirror. You can practice in front of your mom or your next door neighbor. But until you take that mic in your hand yeah. in front of 20, 30, 40, 50 strangers in some gross beer stinky <laughs> bar, you, you'll never you'll never, never, never know the experience. You'll never know the experience. And have somebody shoot video with their phone because you won't remember the first one. Because uh, you'll be nervous and yeah. all, and you'll block all this Everything stuff out. Right It'll be tunnel your, vision. Yep. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and and so so I would say just go do it. You have to get started. It's just you might as well start and you'll learn on the fly and you'll make mistakes right. and you'll figure it out and the next time you'll do it twice as good. Yeah, I think that's a great message. And the, and then so the, to kind of lead it into this final one, I mean, since we kind of brought up the 
the original mission of all of this and everything else, we'll, we'll kind of end it on a staying true to that note, right? Okay. If if you could rewind, right, knowing what you know now, because people always say hindsight's twenty twenty, uh-huh. right? The unconventional path that you've taken, or you know, whatever else in life that has happened up until this point, if you could go back, and um, there's a Brad Paisley song that I really like called "Letter to Me," right? And he writes a letter now that he's this famous performing artist to his seventeen year old self. Mm-hmm. What would be in that letter if you could talk to seventeen-year-old you and reassure him about what the future was going to hold? It, can you can you phrase that question as what would I change? Yeah, oh yeah. that could be that would be more fine too. Thing. Not a single solitary thing. Not mm. one, not one iota. Because listen, if I started, I would tell you, I would start traveling earlier. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have waited until I was forty or whatever. You know, I, I would have done it when I was twenty. Right. Well, right. if I would have done it when I was twenty probably wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. I yeah. wouldn't have my grandkids. I wouldn't have my career. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here right now. Right. Right. So do, do I want to throw out, especially this moment of hanging out with you guys, do I want to throw that away? Right. Well, maybe, but all the other <laughs> stuff, <laughs> but all the other <laughs> stuff I'd want to keep. Right. So no, no, seriously. I, I it, really, I, I don't want to change that because uh, you know, if I change that one thing that, uh, what, what are the, you know, the, the Japanese thing, the butterfly whatever, effect. Yeah. 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 If, if I, if I change that thing when I'm 20, do I not get married to Sue? Mm-hmm. Do maybe I'm on my third divorce and I'm an alcoholic now, right. you know, you never know. Who, who knows? Maybe I'm dead. See, when, when I hear you say that, that you wouldn't go back and change anything outside of, you know, the butterfly effect and all, all that kind of stuff. What, what I hear when you say that is even with all the uncertainty, even with all the anxiety, even not knowing what you want to do right now or who you're going to be or the people that you're going to connect with or it's all okay. It is going to be okay. Look, I, you know, maybe I take my high school graduation party money and buy Apple stock. (laughs) <laughs> fair yeah. enough okay yeah. um, pulls them back to the future stock investment yeah, yeah. yeah exactly or you know sure there, do i have regrets absolutely i should have finished my college education i should have you know taken a different job or done right. or worked harder at that job or you know if we want to go back far enough maybe i should have done some of my homework in high school <laughs> and right. maybe graduated with a little more confidence that i was going <laughs> to actually graduate but but all but, of that but goes if into I, but if, you right too. but if yeah. I but if I do all that it shapes me but it shapes me to a different shape than mm-hmm. I am today yeah I wish and, I and yeah. I don't have my wife and I don't have you know yeah. I would have I would I I it's a very long story but I I enlisted in the Air Force and never went mm-hmm. um I had a, I had a, a recruiter that lied to hundreds of people and was actually prosecuted for it right. and so uh, they let me go mm. they let me out um. I don't know if I wanted out. I was kind of scared then because I was, you know, would have been paving on runways in Iran and he had told right. me I was doing something. But, you know, I, maybe I wish I would have had that military career. Mm-hmm. But again, if I had that military career, who knows? Well, enough. first of all, enough. I would have retired years ago <laughs> and, you know, I'd right. still be this age and right. have uh, nothing to do all day but fish, sit in a boat, you know, and fish. Sounds green and beer. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, look. It, I could stay up all night and tell you the things that I, I wish were different. But if I change them, it comes back to I and don't get I, my wife. I don't get my wife, and I, so we don't have our kids. Yeah. And I love that. That's the first guest 
that I've asked that question to that has given me that answer. Am I the oldest guest you've had in here? No. no. All right. No. Okay. Well, that is that. Is, I would think I would think an, an old guy would probably say, you know, you get the wisdom of experience. Right. right. Yeah. You know what? That's true. If I change that thing, then I don't get that thing. Right. You know, here's and how a lot it was of them explained give to the, me. Those answers. This was cool. When I realized this, if I was going from Youngstown or Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, and I wanted to go to Disneyland, well, I know that it's west and a little bit south. So if I just start driving in that direction, I'll, I'll get there eventually. But if I'm six inches off, by the time I get to Anaheim or, or 2,000 miles away, I'm 200 miles from Anaheim. I'm nowhere right. near Disneyland. Right. So you have to know where you're going. You have to have a, a goal and not, not a wish. Mm. You know, I want, what do you want to be? I want to be rich. No, that's a wish. That's a blow out your birthday candles and yeah. see, yeah, maybe I'll right. be rich. I, I, I want to be, I want to be wealthy by doing this, this, and this. I want to be a ditch digger. I want to be the best ditch digger ever. Right. That's the, that's a specific goal. And I have a way to get there. I'm going to practice digging holes and sharpen my shovel and, you know, learn, learn from the guys that have done it before. That's a goal going to, Disneyland, I have to know exactly where Disneyland is yep. and aim at that. And that's how you get there. Same thing with this. I, I can't imagine getting to where I am today without everything else and being happy and content without having all the times I fell down and the skin knees and the bruises and yep. the, the bumps and, and the good times too. Yeah. But yeah. And I would think that the older you are, not you, but the older someone, one of us is, mm -hmm. the more that would be Become true. Apparent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, That's a great it, answer. It, but you know what? If 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 I was miserable, there's a lot I would like to change. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, like we like you said when you first came, it's you know your reality. So That's where, right. Wherever wherever you're at now. That's right. It is my reality. Yeah. So my reality is, or my perception is yeah. my reality. Yeah. 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 So before we start talking about Schrodinger's cat and quantum mechanics again, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just you know. First off, I'd like to thank you for making the drive. Yeah, this was a I mean, pleasure. I, oh, this guys. was awesome. I, this was probably one of the more fun interviews that we've done in a little well, while. Thank you. Well, and I, probably because we have, you know, future comedian. In yeah, our that's case. right. And then <laughs> a very well versed. Yeah, we'll I, I would one. love to. Yeah. Um, there to, are a lot. Wait a minute. There are lots of stages in Canton. Mm -hmm. Let's get one. I, I, I mean, I. Let me put I am material. so down to make that happen. We have the pamphlet. I have his contact information now. I'll you know? come back. Listen, seriously. I'll oh, come I'd back. I'd love to have you back just for a casual I, conversation. I, well, we'll do yeah, that yeah. too. I'll come back early and we'll oh, have that conversation. Now. You, done, you done made yourself a bed, my friend. I will, do, I will come back and do a show oh. if you'll open the show. Deal. I'll do it. All right, I'll ladies and gentlemen. Apex we'll if the camera's still on, I'll, I'll shake. <laughs> There's the handshake. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll make it happen. Guys. But but like we said, this is this has been awesome. It, yeah. it was Thank a pleasure you. talking to you. Thank you. The pleasure's yep. mine. I'm glad I made the drive too. This is yeah. fun. It's been awesome. Yeah, you're glad that you enjoy the space, you mm -hmm. know, and 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 the experience and everything like that. And we will definitely look forward to you know hanging out again. If in the, the future. folks listening and watching want to check out some more of this stuff, you can yeah, so go, go yeah, to we'll my have, website. I think you you said you put that. We'll in the put show it. Notes. We're, we're going to put everything. it in the show notes and everything else but like if that you just too. Google but yeah, go ahead. Eric Thompson magic. And million miles, million smiles. It, you'll, it's all right there. You'll find it. Yeah, awesome. It's, Makes it easy on them. So, so, so we don't have to write out a whole bunch of stuff inside of the show notes. Why don't you give a little bit of the process as far as you said that there's goers and there's you know senders. There are right? goers. So there the, are senders. How does somebody become a sender? Um, 
through your websites? Uh, you, you can you can make a donation or purchase a video. Okay. Uh, the videos are twenty dollars a piece, and um, there's a there's a link on the website. Perfect. At EricThompsonMagic.com. There's a link there for. Um, I should know this. <laughs> there, there's a link there to buy, buy merch. I think it's merch. I think it says merchandise. Merchandise. I probably. think it says merchandise. Right. Uh, awesome. It might say shop. Yeah, people can put two and Look, two together. It's a website. Yeah, there you go. It's, There'll be a big know, button. That, you can, that, you can, you yeah. can find it. Yeah. Also, there's a ton. Listen, there's a ton on this website. I'm very fortunate to have have a, a great marketing company that that good. works on my website. They're very good at what they do, and they um. They, they, it's a phenomenal website. There are hundreds and hundreds of pictures. Yep. Uh, the fans hour, will have a lot of content to consume then. That's yeah, good. hours of video that are that are linked to it, TV shows that I've done and podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff. So Awesome. This is uh, this is a great interview. I don't know. How long have we done? How long? It's, have, this, this is yeah, probably, probably our longest one. Two and a half hours, yeah. something like it's, that. We've been here two and a half hours. Time flies. It's 8.30. It is 8.30. I'm going to need one of you to write a note <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> Actually, my, my, my girlfriend was just like, uh, dinner's ready. I'm like, uh, well, hold on. We'll, we'll send will her the she, link to the deliver? Facebook. I, 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 <laughs> Ask her to bring it down. Well, we can eat. Oh, Perfect. wow. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yep. Gee whiz. Time flies That's when you're having That's what happens when you have a great conversation. Well, I really enjoyed it. Both of you were you. Well, a lot you, of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Awesome. Until next time, um, keep chasing that apex, everybody. <laughs>